today on CityCast Denver. We're taking some time off as the year wraps up, but we didn't want to leave you hanging. So we're replaying some of our favorite episodes of the year and bestowing some well-deserved superlatives. Our pick for the best steward of old Denver is... Flo Archuleta. She's a lifelong Denverite with an incredible story of a park she created and tended to herself for more than three decades. We love Flo's tireless Denver spirit. We'll be back in the new year with fresh episodes. Today is Friday, December 31st, 2021. I'm Bree Davies, and this is CityCast Denver. At the southwest corner of 14th and Lapan in La Alma Lincoln Park sits an inconspicuous plot of land. Surrounded by single-family homes, duplexes, and apartments, it's a small green space lined with trees, beautiful flagstone, and lots of shady places to sit. It's not officially part of the city's park system, but the Jerry Martinez Family Memorial Park is in every other sense a neighborhood park, thanks to longtime Westside resident Flo Archuleta, who for the past 30 plus years has picked up trash, watered and cut the grass, and acted as a steward of this land. She's watched her neighborhood change all around this park, Going from a part of the city where gangs ruled the streets to a place where real estate agents and developers are now making millions off these tiny historic homes. And now it looks like her park might be sold off too. Wow, the trees are great. This is beautiful. I've driven by it a million times. It's lovely. We have a lot of people who come here. It's great. People who work and come over and have their lunch. Yeah, it's perfect for that. My producer Paul Caroli and I arranged to meet up with Flo Archuleta in her park this past weekend. She showed up with her daughter Natasha, her granddaughter Shemaya, and her great-grandson Azarias Lazarus. So the the reason I wanted to talk to you was um, we did a story a couple of weeks ago about the historic and cultural district in La Alma Lincoln Park. Um, and my friend Anthony Garcia, our mutual friend, reached out to me and said, hey, you know, that's an interesting concept and everything, but I have this friend Flo and she lives in this neighborhood and she's going through this situation with a park and it just seems contradictory to me that they're doing this project to preserve the neighborhood, but my friend Flo might be losing this park that she's been taking care of for 30 years. 31 years. 31 years. And so how did this park come to be? Okay, it was um, full of weeds and debris, broken couches, chairs, and gang uh, was controlling this little area here. It was all fenced up, and they used to come here at night and cause problems for the people in the community. And this went on for years, and um, one time there was a phone, pay phone right here at the corner, and I was on the payphone there with my children. I came to the phone to call my son. And when I was on the phone with him, um, I could hear uh, hollering and carrying on in the background. And one of the young men jumped over the, f- the fence and went up to me and hit me with the radio. It was one of those big radios they used yeah. at the time. Yeah. And uh, he said, you're not allowed to come over here when we're having um, an an and that's yeah that's a hard word for me to say but yeah. anyway they were doing that and they were so they were doing a gang initiation in yeah. the park in this plot of land that yeah. we're in right now that was housing authorities property and it hadn't been maintained in many years it was this just the same way it 
was full of weeds, debris, broken bottles. Uh, people were getting stabbed, shot at. And, I mean, it was a mess right here. So when he hit me with the radio, my son said, Mom, what's going on? And I said, this guy just hit me over there with the radio and told me to get off the block. And he said, I'll be over there shortly. And he brought some of his friends that used the projects were there. And he said, I'm, we're going to go over there and have a talk with these guys right now because I'm tired. And so is all the neighborhood of what they're doing, going around, beating people up, and nobody's doing anything about it. Yeah. So, I mean, the police were called on them on several occasions, but nothing was ever done. It just a continuous thing. And so they got together and they went and had a talk with him and roughed him up a little bit and told him, you have to get out of this neighborhood. You just out of here. Well, housing evicted all of them. They were out. And uh, the, the director at the time came over yeah. and talked to me. And he said that um, he didn't want to call the police. He didn't want no problem. But he understood where myself and the neighborhood people uh, stood behind this whole incident. And we were really tired. There's a lot of people who got robbed and beat up in this area. Nobody's doing nothing. Yeah. It was just a mess. Yeah. So after this whole thing happened, it cleared up. They, they were gone. They didn't come back and bother. And uh, I thought, well, you know what? Since we're talking about this little area and make sure they don't come back, how about if I go ahead and put a community garden in there or something? And he said, sure, it would be great. He said, but we are not furnishing you with the water, the, the seed, anything, you know, what you need for the, par- for the garden. You're going to have to supply yourself. And I said, oh, this is no problem. I will do that. So I reached out to Denver Urban Gardens. And I told them that they had given me permission to tear out of all these weeds and all this stuff. And if I could, there's any chance they could help me out with seeds and plants. And Yeah, yeah, they'll give me some. Well, the first year in 1990, we really didn't have much of a garden because it, it was such a mess. It took us months and months. And Just to clean up the trash. Yeah. The soil and, was so bad. Yeah. And so um, the trash cans were filled to the top some of the neighbors were complaining, so they had to bring in an extra one just for, for all the junk we were dragging out of here and weeds and everything else. It was just kind of a, a junkyard. Like there you go. People were just using it you to throw You couldn't junk. give one of these homes away in this neighborhood. Right. They, they would pay you to, you could pay somebody to move here, and they might, because it was so terrible neighborhood. It was terrible right here. And how long have you been in this neighborhood? Oh, all my life. <laughs> Your whole life. Yeah, I won't move out. I love the the west side. So what I did is I got my water from the neighbor next door here. Jerry Valenzuela used to own this house. And, uh, you know, we worked yeah. together, had hoses. He goes, well, anyway, could you take care of my front yard while you're at it? I go, well, yeah, at least I could do that. I'm doing everything else here. So I would do that. And we had a beautiful garden. That was 90, 91, 92, 93. My son was killed in 93. What happened to your son? Somebody took him from here in the community when he went to go cash his check at the liquor store right over here at Crossman King Supers. And they took him to 27th and Stout Street and they killed, they shot him with two different guns. I'm so sorry. How old was he? 24. Mm-hmm. And what happened is when he was murdered, we buried him in, in March of 1993. And it was time, the season and another month was for the garden again. And so what happened was um, I wasn't too much into gardening that year, so I was just kind of going to clean it up and leave it for another year until 94 and come in here and restart the garden again. How uh, Denver Urban Garden said, you know, came out and said, well, 
are you going to put the garden this year or not? Because they used to give me the seeds in the in the plants, and I said, no, I don't, I think I'm going to pass this year and let the everything settle over here, get it cleaned up again, and get ready for '94. And they said, would you like to just make it into a? You ever think of having a? a memorial park for your son and I said I would love that but I mean what do I have to do to do that he signatures of the community a petition from Sal Carpio at DHA yeah. Sal Carpio so he said you just need to get signatures from the community and we can turn this into a park for yes. your son a hundred signatures got close to 300. and you got close to 300 yes so clearly you know some people yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so by 94 we were already establishing a park and designing, trying to come up with designs. And that's when Denver Urban Garden came in and said, Flo, we could help you with the materials. We, there's some things we can do and some things we can't do, and you can get community people to help you. So they did, they came in with materials. They done the, the rocks all the way around here. They done um, the, the benches and they, they done some, a lot of the heavy stuff that we couldn't do. Sure. Yeah. And so it was established. It was became a community park. Ever since 1994, Flo has been taking care of her park. She picks up trash. She picks up dog poop. She makes sure the plants get watered. And it's all because of that agreement she made with Sal Carpio, who was the longtime head of the Denver Housing Authority, or DHA, which technically owns the land. But here we are almost 30 years later, and Sal Carpio has died without leaving any physical legal documentation of his arrangement with Flo. So they come in, so DHA has approached you in the last couple of months or years? Or? Yeah, just in the last couple of years, they came in and put up the sign and put in that box over the water. And I go, why are you doing that? And they said, well, because this is Denver Housing Authority uh, property. And I go, it is not. You abandoned me when you started knocking down those projects. They were right here on 14th and La Pan. Yeah. And they left from here. They moved out. Well, we had a meeting with them not too long ago, and they said they wanted to, uh, they were thinking of selling the property to real estate. And that, um, yeah. They to, wanted build to build affordable housing. Mm -hmm. And I said, that that doesn't sound, oh, you know, you're not doing that to my son's park. This is my park. You right. are not taking it from me. No, it's right. not going to happen. Because it's not their property anymore. They, they done lost it. Yeah, you've taken care of it for decades. 31 years. That's a long time. But you never had, unfortunately, there wasn't any like legal paperwork with Sal at that point. Yeah. And then kind of Sal moves on. And, and we should have probably had that. But, how, you know, how would you know? So now, do you know where you are in the process with them? Have you heard from them No, lately? we're having a meeting soon. Okay. We're, we're supposed to get together and have a meeting. Have you talked to your council person, to uh, uh, Torres? She was supposed to be at the meeting. Uh, she didn't show up? Okay. She showed up. I mean, I'm sure she's got a lot of things to do, but still, like, this is important, obviously. It is. It's, it's, you know? it's very important. Um, I, feel, I feel like they want to cheat me out of my park. Yeah. And I don't think that that's right. And I told him, you know, if you don't want to give it to me like I've earned it already... Then at least have the decency to sell it to me for, and uh, for a thousand dollars. I mean that's fair, you know. Yeah. Be, for all the people who live here and the property and yeah. upgrading it, we and all the work I've done. Further by saying, you can sell it to us for the the, the what the value was in 1990. When when, when we, she took it when, when she you took, took it over, yeah. yeah yeah. We will accept that. Which yeah, 
mm-hmm. which was very different That's, than it is at this moment. It's it's really hard uh, for them to understand the work that went into this park and the yeah. years. I could have retired from a job at 31 years. This is my job. Yeah. You know, I've I've had it from the day my my son yeah. passed on. He used to be part of the the garden and he used to help me he with used to it. help with the garden. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, makes you wonder because this case was never solved. Really. Yeah. Really, I'm sorry. You wonder who killed him. Yeah. I do wonder all the time if it was maybe the gang met, was here. The retaliation of some kind or something. Yeah. Something that happened in the neighborhood. Yeah. So. You've seen a lot in this neighborhood, yeah. obviously. But it's not like that any longer. No. And people feel secure here now. Yeah. yeah. But you've seen it through it all, mm-hmm. you know. And I've so. experienced it. Yeah. Thank you for doing the work that you do. Thank you for sharing your story with us. Hopefully it'll be good at the end. Yeah, I hope that for you too. I hope that for the neighborhood. Yeah, me too. I would like to see it uh, continue. And so would my neighbors. Hey, producer Xandra McMahon here, wishing you a very happy new year on behalf of the whole CityCast Denver team. We are so, so grateful that you chose to spend time with us this year, and we're so excited for more CityCast in 2022. We'll be back on Monday with fresh episodes. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you soon.